Uh, we are in John's Gospel, chapter 13 today. So if you'd uh, locate that with me, uh, either on your phone or in your Bible, whatever way you do it. Uh, this is Thursday night of uh, Passion Week. Uh, they are in the upper room. Tomorrow is Good Friday, um, and Jesus is going to take our place on the cross at Calvary. So after a long and intense day challenging the Jewish leaders, uh, they continue to not believe, and Jesus uh, is going at it with them. Jesus now spends Thursday night with the disciples celebrating the first Lord's Supper. Okay, Then he's going to go to the Mount of Olives. He uh, will be betrayed and arrested, and uh, that's the setting for what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, if you're able, would you please stand with me? We're going to read the first three verses, John chapter 13. Uh, Apostle John's going to tell us what Jesus knew about what was going to happen. Okay, What did Jesus know about what was going to happen? We're going to read about that now. Read with me, please. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he'd come from God and would return to God. After washing their feet, he put his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? Let's pray. <laughs> We're not going to read all that yet. Lord, we love you. We're grateful that we get to study your book together. Thank you that I get one more Sunday to open uh, your inspired word and share with my friends. So thank you for that opportunity. Um, Lord, I, I'm asking that today uh, you might... Uh, speak and prompt and convict and and nudge and and do all the things that only you can do lord you come right now and uh, wake us up and make us ready to receive what it is your book has to say to us today we're grateful lord that uh, we get to gather with friends and church family lord i'm asking that uh, Today, you might be welcome today in your church, because that's what this is. This is your church. You come and move and shape and uh, do the things you want to accomplish today. And all the church family at Wallen Lake said, with one unified voice, you can be seated. John 13, 1. Jesus knew that his time on earth was coming to a close. Jesus knew that his time with the disciples was just hours from being over. Okay, There's just 11 with them now here in John 13. Judas has already left to betray uh, Jesus. John 13, too, keep on with me. Jesus knew that Judas, humanly speaking, uh, the most credentialed and qualified of the 12 disciples. Think about that. The one who was most qualified was the one 
who betrayed him. Jesus knew that uh, Satan was going to work and uh, use Judas to betray him. John 13, 3. Jesus knew that God the Father had placed how many things under the authority of Jesus? Look at what it says. How many things were under the power? How many things? Everything, all things. Everything in the universe, all the power, all the authority had been given to Jesus Christ. Would you just use your uh, sanctified imagination with me a little bit, okay? Your Jesus uh, in you imagination. If you knew you had all the power in the entire cosmos placed in your hands, okay? If you knew in just a few days you would be glorified and sitting back in the throne room of heaven and all honor and glory and praise were going to be to you, the second person of the Trinity, the King of Kings, what might you do to go out in power and style? Think with me. You have all the authority in the universe is yours. Now, how are you going to celebrate your awesomeness if you were Jesus? So if you would indulge me for just a few minutes, um, I want to tick off some options that came to my brain, okay? But maybe you would come up with different things. But here's some of the things Jesus could have done. How do we know? Because all power, all authority were in his hands. It just said that, okay? So um, he could have said, you know what? I'm going to call a flock of eagles and a flock of owls and a flock of storks, okay? You're going to come fly in formation and say, Jesus is awesome, and just spell it out. And everybody go, wow, okay? Because just go, go out on the balcony in the upper room, okay? And, and then come by again and, and in formation. You got the eagles and the owls and the storks. Uh, Jesus reigns. And they go, yes, you do. And then one more time, they circle around. And then now Pilate is a wimp. And they just go right by. You know, he could really show off right now. Or Jesus could have said to the 11 remaining disciples, come with me. Okay? And there's this massive Jewish cemetery at the Mount of Olives. And, and he could have just said, hey, watch this. And he could have woken up four or 500 dead people like he just woke up Lazarus, remember, in John? So he could have just showed off and said, come on, you're alive now, and had them wake up because all power, look at verse 3, all power was in Jesus' hands. Or, I thought of this one, he could have called 10,000 angels, okay, now I want you to sing the Alleluia Chorus before Handel even wrote it. Okay, that'd be pretty cool. Or Gabriel, the, the trumpet playing uh, angel, come and play a trumpet concert and, and make it all to my honor and glory. Okay, those are just some of the little silly things that I thought of. All the possible things that Jesus could have done to show off his power and authority over the entire universe. Okay, so with all that in mind, now go back to the text with me. Let's see what actually Jesus does. All power is given, all authority is given, and here's what option Jesus actually chooses. Verse 4. So Jesus got up from the table, took off his robe, 
wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin. Then Jesus began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Okay? So of all the possible amazing show-off things that Jesus could have done, Jesus removes his robe, proceeds to wash the dirt and the mud and the manure off of the filthy feet of his disciples. That's what Jesus does when all power and all authority is given him. It was the custom of the day, the lowest-ranking servant, that was his job. Um, when people sat down, they were going to eat. That was the lowest-ranking servant's job. That was his duty to take care of the feet of, of all the guests. There were no servants in the upper room. Matter of fact, um, if you go to Luke 22 and verse 4, you can look that up later. But while all this was going on, guess what the other disciples were doing? They were arguing about who was the greatest. They, they were arguing, I think I'm better. I think I'm going to have the best seat. I think I'm the most awesome of, of the 11 remaining. I think I'm the greatest, okay? So that's what they were doing while all this was taking place, okay? There was no chance, zero zip nada, that any of them was going to take upon the role of the lowest ranking servant. That's not what they had in mind. No way. They were thinking about doing amazing and awesome things. So God with skin on, second person of the Trinity, the one who has all the power and all the authority of all the cosmos has been given to him by God the Father, takes off his robe, wraps a towel around his waist, and Jesus quietly begins to wash and dry the feet of his disciples. Okay? Now, if you move on, there's this great exchange between Peter and Jesus. Look at verse 6. Uh, Peter at first refuses to allow Jesus to wash his feet, okay? And then when he realizes that Jesus is going to wash his feet, then Peter reverses course and says, well, if you're going to just wash my feet, why don't you just give me a whole bath, okay? That's typical Peter, okay? So uh, don't just do my feet, give me a bath. Um, and then verse 10, Jesus explains to Peter and explains to us, hey, Pete, You've already had your spiritual bath. Peter, you've already been saved. You already belong to me. You don't need to keep taking a bath again and again. You've already been saved. You're already one of mine. Uh, here's what you need to work on, Pete. Here's what you need to work on, church at Walloon. We need to stay in right relation. Got to keep your feet clean. That's a daily thing. Got to keep your feet clean. Then Jesus supplies... And drives home his washing the feet. He applies uh, serving to you and me. Look at verse 12. We'll put it up here on the screen. It says, After washing their feet, Jesus put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. 
I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Verse 17. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. God will bless you for doing them. Okay? Um, Verse 14, your teacher, your master, your Lord has just washed your feet. Follow my example. And do what? Wash the feet of Jesus? Is that what it says? Look closely. Um, Because I think if that's what he was asking, all 11 would have jumped up and washed the feet of Jesus. Look, Look what it says, verse 14. Wash each other's feet. I want you, 11, that are remaining, I want you to be washing each other's feet. Verse 15, Jesus explains, I did this as an example for you to follow. Church at Walloon, Jesus did this as an example for us to follow. This is a pattern for us to imitate with each other. That's why he did this. And in case any of us are thinking, well, I don't do feet. They're they're gross, okay? Look at verse 16. The king of the universe was willing to do feet. The king of the universe washed the crud and the mud and the manure off of his followers' feet. Why? Setting the tone, setting the pattern for us to follow. Now here's the challenge. Verse 17. Wasn't that a nice thing for Jesus to do? Oh, that was so nice. That, that was good. I'm glad, Jesus, you did for that. That gives me warm feelings. Um, verse 17, here's the point. Follow the example. Don't just think about it. Do it. Actually serve one another as servants. Okay? And here's the promise. I like this. Last part of verse 17. If we will begin to serve one another... God will bless us for doing it his way. God will bless us for serving each other, for following the pattern of Jesus. Now, here's my question. How many of you want God's blessing on your life? Can I see your hands? How many of you say, yeah, I'd like Jesus' applause, congratulations. I I think every, here's the if, then we must serve one another, okay? So if you want Jesus' applause, then you got to serve each other. Go quickly with me. Go to Matthew chapter 20. Because in Matthew 20, we have explained what exactly Jesus is doing here. Matthew 20, slide down to verse 25. Uh, We'll put it on the screen here for you. It says, but Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and the officials flaunt their authority for those under them. That, that's, how you, that's how you rule over people in the world, in the flesh. Okay. Verse 26, but among you, it's going to be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. Verse 28, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others 
and to give his life as a ransom for many. <laughs> That's upside down thinking. <laughs> that, that doesn't make sense. Okay, In this world, if you want to be great, you accumulate lots of power and wealth and fame and authority, right? And then you force people to do stuff your way. And if they refuse to do it your way, then you get the highway, right? That's the way it's done in planet Earth in the flesh. Verse 28, but the Son of Man, Jesus' favorite title for himself, says, I didn't come to Earth to be served. I came to planet Earth to serve others. Jesus says, I left the glory and the splendor of heaven to lay down my life, to ransom, to purchase you and me out of slavery to sin. Quick review. Jesus Christ calls his followers, us. If you know Jesus, he says, I want you living differently. I want you thinking differently. The great ones in the kingdom of Jesus are those who are willing to serve the others. That's what greatness is in the kingdom of Christ. Jesus didn't come to earth to be served. Jesus came to earth to serve the world. Jesus served in the ultimate matter, purchasing out of slavery to sin and Satan and death. Um, now I want to get real practical. Can I do that with you? Um, I believe that I've had the joy of serving um, and being with, and this has really been my joy, of some of the most loving, caring, generous uh, people that I've ever known in my life, and that would be y'all, okay? Uh, we are blessed to have hundreds of you, hundreds, at Walloon Lake Community Church who regularly gather and serve and give and connect as a church family. What a joy you are, okay? So I pause before I get uh, a little pointed here to say that I love you, I thank you, I appreciate all of you. Thanks for serving and giving of yourselves so freely, okay? Now here's the challenge. I'm convinced Jesus wants all of us, not just half, because uh, when we look at uh, names and try to, well, who's doing what, and about half of us, or a little better than half of, of us here, are in the game and giving and serving and connecting with each other. Which means, are you ready? Pull your feet in for a second. About half of us here are um, up in the stands watching the football game down here on the field. And you say, you know what? I, I like what's happening here. I cheer, I clap, nice job. Uh, coffee's pretty good, thank you for that. But you're just reluctant to serve and connect and get yourself in a life group and just a little reluctant to get on the field. Pastor Chad is going to come up shortly and uh, hopefully you got one of these program guides because that's going to be what we're going to talk about uh, shortly. But uh, we're, we're going to talk about all the opportunities uh, for you to get in the game, for you to connect and for you to contribute and I'm just telling you, wow, we've got lots to offer and lots of places for you to get in the game. So um, let, me, let me close with this. 
Um, I've had a number of you say, Pastor Jeff, I know you're going to be down for a while. What can I do for you? What, what can I do? Okay? And for a while, I, I, I don't have a clue. I don't know. But I think maybe I got a little extra time because the Lord, I think, has said, Here, here's, here's what you should tell him. Okay? First, would you please pray for Denise and I? I, I know you will, but that's the most obvious one. Uh, pray, because prayer changes things. We, we need it. Okay? Uh, second thing you can do for me, are you ready? Would you continue on the next 10, 12 Sundays as if I was here? Would you please, if you want to do something for me, then show up as though I were here the next 10 to 12 Sundays. We've got an amazing series um, coming in the book of Galatians. We've got an amazing team coming, and wow, are they going out of their way to come and uh, fill, fill in the holes. And it's going to be amazing. It is. Um, another thing you can do is to some of you who are in the stands, would you consider getting in the game? <laughs> uh, since COVID, uh, several of us have been a little reluctant to get in the game. And, oh, I'm not sure if I can. We need all of you who are missing in action to come on down and get on the field with us. We need you for that. Um, get connected in a life group. Lots of choices. I was amazed, Pastor Chad, how many choices there are. I really was. Um, and one last thing, would you keep on being generous? Because <laughs> just because I'm gone doesn't mean that the missionaries and the utilities and the staff doesn't need to keep getting paid for the next 10 to 12 weeks. So would you just keep on like you've been so faithfully all, all these years? Just keep on being gener generous while I'm down. So let me just say in closing, I love y'all. You're the best. Lord willing, I'll be back. I, I'm praying. Just talked to, to a guy named Don who had this. He said, I'm better than ever. I said, yeah, that's what I want. I want to be better than ever. I do. So I love y'all. Um, Pastor Chad, we're ready. We want to hear details. We, we want to tell us how we can connect and get in the game. So come on up here, Pastor Chad. We, we want to continue on uh, and hear all of the specifics. Have you ever gone shopping for a car or furniture and you're like uh, hesitant to even go like in the daytime and you, you figured out that there's a reason that car lots have put thousands of dollars into nice lighting at night and developed web pages and furniture companies and it's, I fall into that. I have purposely not gone to places because it's like, you know, I just don't want to be hassled. I don't want to be pressured. I just want to go look. I'm thinking. So some of that is this morning. So I want to just encourage you as you're looking at the tables and information Grab a card. Just because you grab a card, somebody's not going to chase you down and say, hey, I noticed you grabbed that card. Um, <laughs> that's not what this is about. So just let the Lord work on you today and just uh, let, let him just challenge you in those ways. So if you would, um, take your fall program guide there. You know, one of our core values here at our campus is family is our framework. We grow better together. And that really ties, I think, this morning to us as a church that, you know, it is, it is about the one another. It's about serving one another, loving one another, and being with others in order to do that and being a family in that way. So uh, there are a lot of options to go through.
and I will probably miss a few, So, but I can tell you everything that's in here is out there on tables and so forth, but as you leave, I'll give you the lay of the land real quick. So when you're walking out to your far left table is going to be our connection table. So anything to deal with like a life group, group of folks gathering together to study God's word and connect, that's to the left. Contribute table, areas of service to get plugged in is right between the double doors as you leave here. And then also we have uh, the infant, preschool, kids, youth. They've got tables out the family room door into that foyer area there as well too. So that's kind of the, the scope out there. And of course we have our contribute and connect wall as well where there's just replication of a lot of the same material. So on our contribute table, I want to point out to that, we have a gift, spiritual gift survey printed off. And I'd encourage you to take one of those. If you're kind of like, you know, the spiritual gift thing is totally new to me and um, you know, a spiritual gift is something that God has given you when you become a Christian, that he has enabled you and is going to empower you to be able to use to serve his kingdom and to serve and love one another. And sometimes it's figuring out how you're wired as a person, how he's made you up, and connecting those dots. A lot of times he leans into that, how you're wired, and brings a gift right, laced right in that. But there's a there's a survey there. I'd encourage you to take that if you're kind of trying to figure that out yet and what that looks like for you. Plenty of copies there. All right, here we go. So if you look, Sundays, uh, let's look at that. Life groups. Now, life groups we do have happening on Sunday mornings as well as there's life groups meeting throughout the week at homes. They come in all different shapes and sizes as well, too, that are meeting. So we have groups here that meet on Sunday that you're going to find that meet 52 weeks a year, continuously. We have groups that meet at homes 52 weeks a year. Some take breaks through the summer. Some of them are just semester-length groups as well. Okay, Stacy and I do a semester-based home group. So we'll have a group out there. If you say, you know what, I just, I've only got, like, I can dedicate 12 weeks. That's all I've got. Or you're like, you know, I'm not sure I want to get fully committed into something for the long haul yet. See what a small group feels like? You might want to consider a group like ours where you've got a 12-week window. We're going to do a specific study and meet and grow together. And then we're going to take a purposeful break for a period of time. So lots of options to check on that. Women. Two things I want to point out. Ladies, for you, all right? Two specific Bible study groups. Women who love the Word. Many of you are involved with that. Some of you haven't stepped into that. Some of you aren't aware of that yet. So Denise Ellis teaches uh, women who love the word. She meets every other week, bi-weekly, Sundays and Wednesdays. So it's the same class bi-weekly. So you kind of pick the day that works for you. You don't have to attend Wednesday if you came Sunday. But what they do is they gather corporately in a large group for a period of time to do the general study and overview and then you'll get assigned into a smaller cell group, life group of ladies within the large group and have a period of time where you'll break out in that session, that class, get to know those ladies, laugh with those ladies, encourage each other, cry with each other, laugh with each other. So I would encourage you to check that out as well. They're going through a book this year called 
win over worry. And Denise has a display near the front doors there. You'll see it uh, to your right on the way out. There's more detailed information of that. You can sign up there as well. Susan Miller, on Tuesdays, if you look there, Ladies Enrichment, Susan and Nancy Sando run a ladies' Bible study on Tuesdays. I believe they're going through Ephesians as well this year. And so that's an option for you. If a Sunday and a Wednesday doesn't work, there's a connection point on a Tuesday morning possibly. Bible study. Some of you are looking for a group where it's like, you know, I want to be in a smaller scale group. Um, and, but I, I want to really have a actually more targeted focus just studying God's word where I want to be able to ask some questions, uh, connect with some people, but be almost more in a classroom setting where I can just have someone just peel open scripture in depth with me. Pastor Bob does that very well. And he has got a class starting next week, as you'll see that in the middle there. Uh, life group at 1045 in room 105. He is going through the book of Ephesians as well too. And Ephesians, I would headline Ephesians as a letter of encouragement. That is, it's like a manual of encouragement for the Christian at any time in history. And it's just, he does a great job of opening it up. Who wrote it? Why was it written? How does it apply to me today? Um, so I'd encourage you to consider that as well, too. There's a sign-up sheet for his class and information about that out there. Life recovery. <clears throat> for the sake of time, I'm not going to go into depth with life recovery. Here's the headline. New class starts October 2nd. All right? I'm going to plug life recovery for this, though. Many of you heard this. It's a fantastic discipleship growth 12-week program. And a lot of you sitting there going, yeah, life recovery is for uh, more of that, the heavier things, addictions, struggling with some of those. Yes, it is. But it is also for guys like me who went through it, who really were, was battling anger tremendously in my life. And the Lord used it to unpack that, to heal it, to forgive it, and move me forward. So it encompasses a broad range. So be thinking about that. October 2nd, Rob and Brittany will be starting a new class. A wonderful couple. And if you're sitting there going, you know, I got some heavy junk, they can handle your heavy junk along with the Lord, okay? And they will love on you, and the Lord will grow you and stretch you and heal you. Great class. Financial peace. Everybody look at your purse or feel your wallet a minute, okay? So the issues of money. How, how, does, how would God have me handle my finances better that he's entrusted to me? Next week, now this one I, I'm going to draw your attention to. If you're even considering it, you need to, I'm going to encourage you to make that decision today. Don and Martha, Rudy are starting the class next week, next Sunday. So we're going to order materials this week and get everything ready. So we need to know if you're in or you're out. So make that commitment this morning. There's a sign-up sheet on the table as well for financial peace. Ten weeks commitment. It's fantastic. My wife and I went through it years ago, and man, did it help us clarify some avenues and get some control on how God would have us use our finances. Men, let's not forget the men here. So, guys, there's two options. If you look in here too, guys, look in the program. Uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. On Tuesdays, Dave Bortle is going to be 
facilitating a community Bible study. And that actually is the title of it. That is an international Bible study program. So there are people all over the world doing this, this study together, but it's a parachurch program. It's a great Bible study, some in-depth studying of God's Word together. But we're going to join here on Tuesday evenings. Uh, there's materials that you use to go through that. This year they're going through Revelation and Daniel. So some intriguing topic there, um, I think, for a lot of us to consider and to open God's Word with. But uh, that will be meeting in room 111 on Tuesday evenings. And on Wednesdays, guys, so if you have a bride that's been coming to uh, the ladies' study, Women Who Love the Word, we've got something for you bi-weekly as well. Keith Theodore is going to be doing a study this year for us guys. We're going through the book of Colossians. Great book. Headline on that is what's Colossians about? You want to sum it up? It's really about on who Jesus Christ is. His supremacy, his authority, and what he's all about and what that means for us and the entire world. So that'll be a good study for you guys to consider. That one's every other week. Community Bible study is an every week commitment. I'll hit some of the highlights in the monthly program. Prayer Shaw Ministry, Cozy Quilters. You know, if you've got a, if you've got a hobby talent, knitting, sewing, uh, cutting fabric, would love to fellowship with some ladies who really this ministry it has a great reach into the moments when people are just maybe kind of down, need some encouragement, need to know that people care about them, love them, bring warmth of Christ to their life. Uh, these ministries are tuned right around that. There's information as well in the foyer on that. There's primetime fellowship, which I was going to say it's for if you've got gray hair, but it's like I have to keep buzzing mine off all the time here on the side, so I'm quite gray. So um, I think that's for like 55 plus maybe. Is that true, Ruth? Are you 50? Oh my goodness, that is me. <laughs> I hit that. So 50 plus. Uh, there's information, Primetime Fellowship. They get together, have fun, laugh, hang out, fellowship, sing, play games, eat, uh, but a place to connect and to, to love on each other and to grow in the Lord together. So uh, community needs program, uh, I, I'm involved with that. If you want to be involved in helping us in a, one of our benevolent programs once a month, you know, we have, we have a, a ministry where we give Walmart gift cards to people in the community. They come here once a month and we spend time, we open God's word together, do a devotion together, talk about Jesus, what he's all about, love on them, pray with them, for them, and uh, help them monetarily too with, with just some of their needs right now. So if you might be interested in, in serving, have a heart for that, come see me as well. I can fill you in on that. So I think that's uh, enough of the fire hose right now. So there's lots, there's lots. So I would just encourage you, just take your time. Walk around the tables, check things out, listen to the Lord, what you have in store for you. And uh, Laura, that's your cue if the music people want to start making their way back on the stage, if you're listening. So, um, but you know, this is, church is a body. It's an organism that Christ has created. We are a family. And our family has to reach beyond these walls. We can't ever forget that as well, too. 
and to, to reach and to serve with the hands and feet of Christ.